Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of Gilead Sciences Inc, ticker symbol GILD. So we're looking at Gilead today as a subscriber request. Currently, the business is trading for $86.01 per share. Over the past year, Gilead stock price is up 20%. So this is in stark contrast to the overall market with the S&P 500 being down over this period. So we wanna analyze the business to understand what are we missing? What could the market have possibly discovered about this business this past year that's led to this kind of outperformance? Over five years, however, Gilead stock price is only up about 4%. Over 10 years though, they're compounding at a rate of 8% annually. And going back prior to the global financial crisis, Gilead is compounding at a rate of 14% annually. So keep in mind that Gilead does pay out dividends. Right now they have a 3.5% dividend yield, which is about twice as good as that of the yield from an S&P 500 ETF. And over this time frame, Gilead's average dividend yield would be in addition to this compounded annual return. So it looks like they are solidly outperforming the S&P 500 over the past nearly two decades or so. So Gilead is about $6 below their 52-week high. They're a little under $30 above their 52-week low, and they are a very large business. They have a $104 billion market cap. For additional background about the company, Gilead Sciences develops and markets therapies to treat life-threatening infectious diseases, with the core of its portfolio focused on HIV and hepatitis B and C. The acquisition of Chorus Pharmacy, Myogen, CV Therapeutics, Arresto Biosciences, and Callistoga have broadened this focus to include pulmonary and cardiovascular diseases and cancer. Gilead's acquisition of PharmAsset bought rights to hepatitis C drug Sovaldi, which is also part of combination drug Harvoni, and the Kite 47 and Immunomedics acquisitions boost Gilead's exposure to cell therapy and non-cell therapy in oncology. The company has multiple partnerships with other bioscience and pharmaceutical firms, and Gilead Sciences was founded in 1987 and has had headquartered in Foster City, California. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the select six analysis, taking a checklist style approach of six standard financial metrics, come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Gilead based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still a work in progress and it's an opportunity to learn in public. So it will continue to improve and get better over time. With that said, let's get right into today's analysis. So starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. And there are two key reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. The second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by asking for 14% or higher here as a benchmark, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. Gilead has earned high above average returns on capital in all five of these fiscal years. Over their last 12 months, they're earning about 21.5% returns on capital. And over these past five fiscal years, Gilead is earning about 21% average returns on capital, which are three times better than that of a typical business and one and a half times better than the benchmark we're looking for. So this is a very strong check to start things off here on metric number one for Gilead. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high level overview of the growth of their business. So we're looking for revenue earnings and free cash flow growth over the last five years. And this metric is going to be all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for this to be a check, or if even one of these is down, this entire metric will be an X. We'll also be including their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. So over this time, Gilead has grown their revenues by a modest 4%. So their revenues are pretty stable. 
Their earnings, however, are down 28% over this period, and they have fluctuated in some of these years. They had a couple of charges to their earnings in 2020 that were non-cash expenses that depressed their earnings, although they have rebounded since then. They're still down over this period. And finally, while the company has been cash flow generative in all five of these years, when we look at the business currently, they're producing about 20% less free cash flow right now than they did in 2017. So with both their earnings and their free cash flows being down and their revenues only slightly up, this is an X here on metric number two for Gilead, as the business's gross and operating margins are down over this period as well. Next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at Gilead on a per share basis. So we're looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years. Again, we learned that their earnings are down over this. However, we also want to look at what they've done in terms of their shares outstanding. Likely a good sign for long-term shareholders in the business, Gilead has had modest share buybacks over the last five years. They've repurchased around 4% of their shares, which is important because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that underlying business. Business. And so when a business buys back shares by decreasing the amount of stock that they have outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage in the business, which ultimately increases the percentage of the business's profits that you're entitled to without you having to spend a dime. So it's almost as if the company is making a partial acquisition of itself. And so just like with any other acquisition, we want the company to be getting more value than the price that they're paying. You'd likely want to dig in and understand at what share prices these buybacks were occurring to understand that definitively. However, even with these slight share buybacks, that does not outpace how their earnings have declined over this time frame. And so with the company only earning $2.64 per share over their last 12 months, this is another X here on metric number three. Looking at their income statement, the company did have a $1.2 billion legal settlement over their last 12 months that they paid for. And then they also have $3.4 billion worth of in-process R&D expenses as well as a $500 million loss on investments. While these aren't necessarily dissimilar from what the company experienced in fiscal 2020 or in fiscal 2021, they have impacted the business for several years now. And again, this is an X on metric number three. The next up, metric number four is going to be very similar. So here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the past five years. Again, we previously learned that their free cash flows are down by 20% over this time frame. And with only 4% share buybacks, this means that their free cash flows are also going to be down per share over this time frame, as Gilead has only produced $7.18 worth of free cash flow over their last 12 months. So this is an X here on metric number four. And so far through our first four metrics, we have one check and three X's for Gilead. Next up for metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. We want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that the business has produced over the past five years. So Gilead took on $23 billion worth of debt in 2020 to pay for an acquisition. Since then, they've been paying this debt position down. Right now, they have $17.7 billion worth of net debt. Over the last five years, however, Gilead has produced $45.4 billion worth of free cash flow, so they are very easily able to support this debt load. And over their last 12 months, they produced $9 billion worth of free cash flow, which is about in line with what they've done on average over this time. So they'd be able to pay off all of their net debt with only about two years worth of free cash flows. So Gilead looks like it is very strongly cash flow generative relative to the net debt that they're employing in their business. And so this is a strong check here on metric number five, as it does not look like Gilead is overly levered. 
Then our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this will give us a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury, and it'll give us a reasonable starting point for a valuation of Gilead. So we're using their total enterprise value because it takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position. Right now, Gilead has about a $122 billion total enterprise value. So this is gonna give us a perspective of the business that's more similar as if Gilead were a private company. We learned that over the last five years, Gilead has produced $45.4 billion worth of free cash flow, meaning that in an average year, they're producing $9.1 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their $9.1 billion of their average free cash flow by their $122 billion total enterprise value, that gives us about a 7.4% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Gilead. So that would be above that 5% risk premium we're ideally seeking. That's more than twice the yield of the 10-year treasury. And so on a historical basis of their free cash flows, this is a check here for Gilead. As we learned in the previous metric, they produced $9 billion worth of free cash flow over their last 12 months. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Gilead, when we divide their $9 billion of their last 12 months of free cash flow by their $122 billion total enterprise value, that gives us about a 7.3% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business. So both on a current and an average basis here, it does look like Gilead would be potentially offering an attractive risk premium in comparison to the yield of the 10-year treasury. This is a strong sign here on metric number six across the board. Just because this is a check here does not mean that you're going to necessarily run out and go buy the business. This just means that Gilead is likely a candidate that you would want to do more work and dive in deeper to understand if you're interested in the business. Keep in mind that this analysis is not financial advice and that it's meant to be holistic in nature. So this is just one of our six metrics. And while these metrics are simple on their own, when they're combined together, they can be very powerful. And we've still got some interesting stuff to cover for Gilead. Then here as a bonus, we're looking at Gilead's dividend profile. So again, Gilead is paying out a 3.5% dividend yield, which is nearly twice that of the yield of an S&P 500 ETF currently. However, people make mistakes all the time by blindly chasing dividends. So it's important to stop and look at the underlying fundamentals of a business like we've been doing and to look to see whether that company is able to support their dividend payouts with either their earnings or their free cash flows, depending on the type of business. So for Gilead, we want the business to support their dividends with their free cash flows, and they've been able to comfortably do this in all five of these past years. Even over their last 12 months with their free cash flows being down from where they were in 2017, they've been able to comfortably support their dividends, and Gilead has increased their dividend payouts per share in all five of these years. So it does look like the business's dividends are in healthy shape, especially relative to the strong free cash flows that the company is bringing in. And it looks like the company has a nice healthy margin in terms of their dividend payout ratio. So while this is a snapshot of the past five years of performance for Gilead, and it's not necessarily a guarantee for the future, it does look like their dividend is in healthy shape. And as long as they maintain their free cash flows, it looks like it should be sustainable going forward. Then everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Gilead, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for Gilead. So a discounted cash flow model is just like any other model in any other discipline. Its outputs are going to be sensitive to its inputs. So here we're starting with Gilead's current free cash flows, which are just about where they've been at historically over the past five years. Then we're using historical growth assumptions for how the business has grown their free cash flows over the past 20 years to project these out into the future over the next 20 years. It's up to you to do your own homework to determine whether or not these are going to be potentially accurate and applicable going forward to give us a baseline projected estimate for Gilead. So if we assume that they grow their current free cash flows at a rate of 8.8% annually over the next 10 years, then assume a terminal stage for the business over the 10 years out after that, 
If we were to add in the company's tangible book value, which gives us an approximation of the company's tangible net worth per share, and then we were seeking a 15% rate of return from Gilead, which is what Warren Buffett is looking for out of investments, it looks like a fair value for Gilead would be right around $64.5 per share. So that would be more than $20 below what their current stock price is at. And it looks like there would not be a margin of safety in the business based off today's valuations. There are some key points to keep in mind here. So one is that this 15% rate of return would be including their 3.5% dividend yield. So we would not be doubly counting dividends here. Then as a pharmaceutical business, there are reasons why Gilead's future free cash flows may not be as predictable as they would be for some other businesses in some other industries. So it may be harder to understand the business's future free cash flows, which again is really why it's important to dig in and do more work here if you're interested in the business. Then also please keep in mind that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professionals. So in just a minute, we'll talk about our summary for Gilead, but we have to address something first. What are some of the qualitative aspects about this business, especially the qualitative factors that support the key points for either a potential long or potential short thesis of Gilead Sciences? So starting with some of the key points around a potential long thesis, number one, Gilead's pipeline could begin to see more blockbuster launches, particularly if Trodelvi is able to see solid data expanding its approved indication. Number two, guidelines that aim to improve diagnosis and treatment rates and new prophylaxis use provide strong tailwinds for growth in HIV. And number three, Gilead markets several single tablet regimens for HIV and its next generation products with better long-term safety profiles led by Jen Voya and Victarvi are boosting the company's market share. Then for some of the key points around a potential short thesis for Gilead, number one, Gilead needs to rapidly convert HIV patients to newer products like Bictarvi to avoid a significant hit to sales as key patents began to expire in 2020. Number two, pricing pressure and reduced willingness to pay for convenience could weigh on Gilead's growth. Atripla became a generic competitor to Gilead's new HIV products in 2020, and competing hepatitis C regimens are giving PBMs the ability to negotiate aggressively. And number three, Gilead's late-stage NASH failure, lower filgotinum potential, and slow growth for cell therapy, yes, Carta, put pressure on recent oncology acquisitions for growth. So hopefully that offers a potentially balanced perspective around some of the key qualitative aspects that support either a long or a short thesis for Gilead. Now it's time for our wrap up. So in summary, Gilead currently checks the box on three out of six of our select six metrics. On both an average and a current basis of their free cash flows to their enterprise value yield, when we compare that to the yield of the 10-year treasury, it looks like those yields are approximately double the treasury yield right now, and that they would be offering that potential risk premium we're seeking, so it does look like Gilead is potentially interesting to dig in and learn more about on that basis. Then it looks like both off of their average and their current free cash flows that Gilead is able to easily support their net debt position. While the company has bought back 4% of their shares over the past five years for modest share buybacks, because their earnings and their free cash flows are down over this time, the company is down on a per share basis. Their revenues are just slightly up, but pretty much just stable over the past five years. Meanwhile, though, Gilead does earn above average returns on capital, coming in with a pretty consistent 21% average return on capital over the past five years. Then looking at their dividend profile, the company pays out an above average 3.5% dividend yield, which does look like it's healthily supported by the company's free cash flows, even if they are down over the past five years. And that 
like Gilead has grown their dividends in all five of these years. Then finally, performing a discounted cash flow analysis of Gilead Sciences. If you've done the work and you believe that those historical growth assumptions are going to be accurate and potentially applicable for the business going forward, then it looks like from today's valuations, if you were seeking a 15% rate of return for Gilead Sciences, that a fair value for the company would be approximately $64.5 per share. Gilead did trade at that range as recently as September of 2022. So although the company has had a recent run-up in its stock price, there is the potential for the business to come back to that range. And again, that 15% rate of return is what Warren Buffett is ideally seeking in a business. Although based off of his understanding of the predictabilities of the future free cash flows of the business, he is seeking to get a margin of safety on that 15% rate of return as well. So again, because Gilead is a drug manufacturer and a pharmaceutical business, its future free cash flows may not be as predictable as the future free cash flows of some other types of businesses. So there are reasons why this may not be potentially accurate going forward for the company. So it's worth reiterating that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor. This analysis instead serves as a beginning and holistic understanding to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about Gilead. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. Premium has a number of different features where you can track buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can take your reading experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make researching easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 119 bucks. That's just 33 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but if you use my link, it's 50% off. So check it out if you're interested. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct this research as if you're going to own 100% of a business and you can truly understand the ins and outs of that company and understand the underlying essence of Gilead. So through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of the business and you'll likely be able to determine for yourself what a reasonably appropriate intrinsic value for Gilead Sciences will be. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Gilead Sciences Inc, ticker symbol GILD. So again, we looked at the business today as a subscriber request, so I'm happy to make an analysis of the company. So if you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below for what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Gilead Sciences with me, and have a great day.